This is Lil. And I'm Tam. And we're the Barely Barely Bougie Mamas. Hi, this is Lil. For the next couple of weeks, we're going to have something special for you guys. Um, We did a collaboration with another podcast, Planet Now. Planet Now is hosted by one of my best friends, Liz Anderson. And she is going to interview Barely Bougie Mamas, Pam and I. And then next week, you'll hear an episode with Liz and her sister, Leah Anderson. Um... I will put the description in the description box, a link to planet now where you'll hear probably a better edited version because Liz's real job is she's a journalist, a radio journalist. So she does way better at editing than us. However, our episode is raw and we also are keeping all the cuss words and the niggas in our episode. So I hope you enjoy and take time to go and visit Liz at Planet Now. Thanks. Alright, so which way do you want to start? So let's start with... And I didn't read your outline, that's just how I live. <laughs> <laughs> I had it read to me. <laughs> I was like, oh, you read it to me? Because... <laughs> See, she tried to get us to do an outline for the other one. I was like, okay, well, call me. No, no. She was like, can you write it? Then you wanted me to write the description for the other podcast. Listen, I was like, because remember the last time I asked you to do something and then I did it anyway, and you got all pissy with me. I didn't get pissy. I just asked why you asked me to do it if you was gonna do it yourself. Can you hand me a paper towel? That's pissy. Why you go at me? But like, let me tell you how much time she had put between it. She sent me a text, let's say two o'clock. Hey, uh, do you think you can write the description for the podcast? I'm like, sure. Mm-hmm. Seven o'clock. She's like, I wrote it. And I'm like, bitch. I was at work. Like, uh, when I was supposed to stop everything, right, write a fucking moment. description? No, like, girl. You know, so I wasn't getting pissy. That was like. <laughs> but, but that's why I said I was like I wrote it because I I, I had like downtime in the office so I just wrote yeah, it I just did it, yeah. I, just did it. That, I was trying to be helpful but then I said then I was like okay fine I'm gonna ask her to do it and I'm not gonna touch it whole 24 hours later nope did you do it <laughs> and then I don't even give you no extra excuses did you do it nope, nope. pop that pink okay. nope, <laughs> nope. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Hard stop. What do you say? Hard stop. Yeah, nope. right. Hard stop. <laughs> These cookies are good. Don't worry. No. I told you. I said, don't get no, we can't get no cookies because we got to record. We can't be smacking. We record. She got a whole tray of food. <laughs> There's some fruit under this napkin, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, which one did you want to start? You want to start with yours start, or? Start with Planet Now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, um, here talking with Liliana or Lil. Lil Liliana, what you want to go by? I call you, I still call you Yvette. I know. No, <laughs> Who is Yvette? No, we're not putting that out there in front of the girl. So, girl edit that out. 
She ain't even she ain't even no more. I don't put that in out in public. See, she don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know you like that though. We had, we talked about that last podcast. All right, yeah. <laughs> like I can categorize my friend, categorize the people that by I what they call you by what they call uh-huh. me. Yeah, <laughs> if they call me. Yvette, then I know that they know me from childhood. childhood. Like, even eighth grade down. Like, because mm-hmm. by the time I got to ninth grade, I was Liliana. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> no, I remember when you went to that, I was like, what the hell was Liliana? <laughs> I was like, okay, Yvette, Liliana. Who yeah. that is? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm so, stunned. So, okay, so Liliana. And Tam, Tam's Tamara. Okay, okay Tamara. Okay, yeah. Liliana and Tamara. So um, now, um, she, I think the first time I heard about the like idea about um, this particular topic, I think you sent me a text message. And Which, you said you had an idea for uh, oh, a an podcast. episode. Oh, an episode. And then later on. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah. So Liz started her podcast last summer mm-hmm. is when I first found out about her podcast. And I was like, ooh, you know what would be a really good conversation to have is with mom, ghetto moms who have now made it out, air quotes, of the ghetto <laughs> and are raising kids in the suburbs and the challenges we face by not knowing how to deal with these fucking, like, kids that are allowed, oh, she Planet said, Now doesn't you cuss. Can- <laughs> well, there's, there's some cursing in there. There's some cursing in there. But no, I Liliana, doesn't, Liliana doesn't... But- you kill you bleep out in words sometimes. Yeah. Okay. See, see, you was gonna but, get on your high. She's about to get up on the high horse. Okay. She I, had I her leg kicking over to the high horse. Just talk. You. Do you? Yeah. Look, it was like Liliana about to drop off because she she quick for a big old MF. <laughs> she drop an MF and I'd be like, oh uh, god, yeah, that was MF, a big one. MF can say. You know, so but, listen, you I, know, in words, I just bleep. but people know what they know what it is, so oh, I make sure know. they know what it's gonna be. I bet you'll miss some of mine. That's okay. <laughs> you know, if I do, well, oh well. <laughs> Silent nigga in the background. <laughs> like, ooh, that's too much. I, I gotta, this gotta publish. So, <laughs> so yes. Yeah, so I approached Liz about it, and we had a fairly long conversation mm-hmm. about whether or not what what the episode should look like. Mm-hmm. And I was, and before that. You and I, Tamara and I, had discussed having a podcast, but we was like, what are we going to talk about? Oh, I remember that conversation. Yeah, remember? Mm-hmm. It was like on the playground after school mm-hmm. when you were picking up. So that's kind of where the seed, the germination of the seed for the podcast started. So so where did you two meet? At school. Oh, okay. So your kids went to the same school? Our kids went to the same school. Okay. Not even that they played together. Mm-hmm. We were just the few black parents, and then we were the kind of people that, like, Made sure we knew each other. Oh, and Liliana okay. is kind of a busybody at that school, at that particular <laughs> school. She was very active, and uh-huh. she made sure that so, everybody knew her. Or you knew her. Mm-hmm. Well, and not not to say, okay, so I, yes, I'm gonna own the busybodiness. Mm-hmm. But the other thing that I um, made sure to do was make sure to make contact with all the black parents, like all the black moms. I, if you listen to our last episode, um, Barely Bougie Mamas, about the mommy mafia, I was a little bit crazy with black moms. Like, I'd be like, hey, how you doing? Where you going? No, no, no. <laughs> right? But listen, if you understand. Look, she hasn't said nothing. She was like, no, I get that shit. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So we, so that's one of the ways we, we connected. And then our kids, like, didn't even like each other. 
Like, right. hey, just didn't know each other or well, didn't she like had, each other? She no, a, the, two, the, the, the kids were in the same class. She has a boy and I have a girl. And in kindergarten, that makes a difference, right? Boys yeah. play with boys and girls, girls play, play with girls. girls. So That's true. There was that. But then there was also like, mm, yeah, no. They just didn't. And then once they got older into like a first and second, they just weren't, they didn't gravitate towards each other. Oh, okay, okay. They didn't not like each other, mm-hmm. but I remember saying, are you going to invite um, Irene to the party? And he was like, who's that? I was like, damn. <laughs> I was like, Miss Awari's daughter? Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> so you he knew you. Miss <laughs> 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 <Ms>. Busybody. <laughs> Lady. So, oh yeah. <laughs> so gravitating to each other. Yeah. Um, so it was okay. First of all, the black factor, making right. sure you knew all the black parents. Mm-hmm. Now, aside from that, like, what kept you gravitated to each other? Because you know you can meet and you you can be like, okay, she a black parent. Okay, so oh for me, because I'm very um, stuck up. Okay. I don't <laughs> fuck with a lot of people. Like I'm very like. Well, why does I have to be stuck up though? Well, the bouginess of it, because it's rude sometimes. Because like I'm very nice, <laughs> but then at the same time, if I don't deal with you, I just don't deal with you. Mm-hmm. So, her, I don't let the people do that to me. That's probably true. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I even tried to ice you at all. I can't remember because she just always stayed. She had too much information for you not to talk to her. Mm. That was one of the things. So number one, for me as the new parent onto the campus, and I wasn't staying in the area anymore, all kind of things had happened. So for me, she was the source. Mm -hmm. She was the plug. So if she got the plug to the principal and whatever, I'm going to stay fucking with her. But she's also married to an African man. Mm -hmm. I'm married to an African man. Oh yeah, that those was another. African men conversations, yeah. baby. Yeah. That was another. I forgot about that. Nah, yeah. I don't forget. <laughs> <laughs> so that for me, that's that was the thing that kept me, us coming back together. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about how you guys, uh, how you both gravitated to each other, and you, the African men conversation. So that was one thing that uh, right. connected. Yeah, I think to. that okay. was one of the things that to me that's what made it. Where I didn't have to stay. Because there's a certain way that you act with other parents, right? Like mm-hmm. You have to put on some kind of It's airs. a little bit of a front. It's not exactly the front that you put on when you go to work. Like the cross, uh, what is that called? The context, not context switching. The code switching. Code switching. Yeah. So it's not the same code switch that you do when you go to work. Mm-hmm. But you don't know these people. They're legit just strangers and your kids are in the same class. So you don't give them all of... You. Your thing, all of you. So it's a, it's a, so us having African husbands and the the jokes that we were able to have made it like okay, okay, I could tell you the truth, right? <laughs> sort of, kind of, <laughs> from time to time. She's still learning things. <laughs> are still coming out. <laughs> well, and I feel like um, I have learned in my old age not to be judgmental, right? Mm-hmm. Like you know probably 25 year old me would have been like I ain't fucking with that bitch she is just too much mm-hmm. right or whatever for whatever reasons mm-hmm. but you know I'm like I, now at this point again our kids are in the same class we are both black parents and she was an advocate for all of the kids not just the kids in the specialized program which I was as well mm-hmm. so I was like okay so she's not completely all about her and her and getting getting for her she's more about what's that each one teach one mm-hmm. kind equality of i speak for all of my 
kids that are in poverty. Say what you were gonna say. No, that's how I cuss. That's how I cuss. I censor myself in cussing. So you'll notice the only cuss word I say is nigga. Hard. The other ones, I can censor my... I'd be like, he said that ish, and I was like... I don't censor myself when I cuss. No, you don't. But I, re- I, did, I have realized, this is a side note, that I don't cuss at people. I cuss when I'm speaking. But I don't say, what the fuck you doing, bitch? Right? Like, I don't... I don't you don't talk, yeah. I, I when I'm I'm like this motherfucker. Listen to what happened, and it's in your storytelling. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a part of my narrative. It's not yeah. necessarily a part of like. I'm I think, not and I think people. my is the opposite. Yeah. I can cuss someone out. Yeah. I don't so when I use them. curse words, I'm coming for she you. Said, right. Matter of fact. Yeah. That's how it is. If, if I'm using curse words, we're getting it in, or I'm upset. Mm-hmm. So what is that Malcolm X thing? You only use curse words when you don't have enough words in your vocabulary to express yourself, something like that. That shit really took to heart to me back whenever Malcolm X came out. Mm -hmm. You know I seen the movie, bitch. Don't try that. (laughs) (laughs) I bought the book so that when niggas would come over, they would see it. I had that learning. one. I had message to the black man. I had um, uh, the autobiography of Malcolm X. Um, the autobiography of Elaine Brown. Uh, uh, they came before Columbus. I get to be all the ones that you have in the nineties. Right. So a nice, conscious dude. <laughs> So when did you realize that, okay, you have the conversations about African husbands, and that was the link that kind of kept you all together. When did you start realizing that, hey, we have similar backgrounds growing up, and now our children have similar backgrounds, but their backgrounds are not like the way we grew up. Ours. Yeah, they're being raised, you know, in, in a different way for whatever reasons. Well, probably around, like, so we've started knowing we started knowing each other when in kindergarten when the kids were in kindergarten. So probably around third grade. Oh, I know when. I know exactly when. When she had to move from the Pasadena area. Yes, that's when our connection came because I had to be honest with somebody and be like, I can't afford to stay here anymore. Right. I am priced out. My mom had had a stroke, so she was now living with us. I'm married. Um, my husband had been laid off, and so he was. It changing his whole career, mm-hmm. and I was working a basic ass job. Mm-hmm. Um, and no disrespect to people working basic jobs, but like because it was making my my money. You were, you were, I was family. living, and I was, um, but I wasn't able to save anything. There could not be any emergency. Like anytime, if if a if I got a flat tire, I had to call somebody to let right. me borrow two hundred dollars or something to to be able to really get it in. So. Being able to talk to somebody and just be honest, like, my son's going to be late to school because we're now driving 60 miles to get here. And somebody being compassionate about it. Right. That's really what it was. And then when you started working at the school, oh yeah, that too the, changed it because it was like, why are you working here? Right. And people, like, when I started working at the school, people assumed it was because we needed the money. And yes, I did need the money. Amen. Um, because that's what I use, but essentially that's what we use for extracurricular activities for the girls. Um, and, but what the real reason I started working at the school, because in the same vein, I could have gone and worked, started a professional job in corporate America. Mm-hmm. The real reason was because I wanted to keep an eye on these motherfuckers. That's so crazy. 
so when she found out I was working at the school, she was like, okay, so keep an eye on these motherfuckers for my baby too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and, and it got like that because now I'm coming from 60 miles away. If something happens at that school, get there in 10 minutes, no, right. so I can because what happened is I kept them in the school out here because I still worked out here. So my job was still out here. The kids were in school out here, but no matter how much money I was making, I could only afford to live 60 miles away. Right. So I would always have to go to work. She would know what parents would be there, who could who could watch the kids at the school until I got there. She would be like the intel of right. what was going on. Right. I, yeah, and then I would make it a point to find her because she works there. So if I'm at the school at any time of the day, I'm like, where's she at? And I go yeah, find like her. a couple of times over the loudspeaker, bitch, I, I got a job. I got stuff to do. <laughs> <laughs> see, I, I, come in, I come in the office, yes. But see, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know that that's how they would do it. Yeah, I would no, just I tell somebody in the office, like, "Yo, where's Liliana? I went to the computer lab. She ain't there." Right, because that's where I'm supposed to be, and I was off doing something I wasn't supposed to yeah, be doing. Yeah. <laughs> but that goes back to them bitches being so intimidated by me that they would just go ahead and get on the loudspeaker and call somebody because that's real extra. But just because I asked where somebody at, you could just say, she's not, I don't know where she is. I, I can leave a message. Because that's what I would have said. I would like, I don't know where she is. What you want me to tell her when I see her? Right. Okay, thanks. I'm not going to be like, oh my gosh. You, you need Elizabeth? Hold on. Over the loud finger. Excuse me. Oh my gosh. So, okay. So, um, now... Going back to, um, I know one of some of the episodes, uh, Barely Bougie Mommies, Mamas, you talk about like the differences in, in how you were brought up. And so I know growing up in L.A., um, you, you said you grew up in, I know in the episode we were listening to. Oh, you listened Puente? to an episode? How cool. <laughs> I grew up in La Puente. La Puente, okay. I'm from the, um, what is, that? is that the suburbs? If you guys are from L.A., then I'm from the Valley. Yeah, we can call it the valley. Yeah. Okay. We're still very much California people, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My mom, my grandma lived off 102nd in Maine, so what, what? I would go out there yeah. sometimes. <laughs> we passed that to go home. Okay. Sometimes <laughs> after dark. Okay. <laughs> like, na- navigating the whole city landscape. So, I know some of the times we would catch the bus past Nickerson Gardens after dark, like, in high school. Right, yeah. And... We knew how to navigate. We were still sheltered. The way we grew up was still very, very sheltered. Are you Seven but, Day Adventist and mm-hmm. all that stuff? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's how we grew up now. Yeah. You've probably been to church more times this year than I have. Well, but. Yeah, but, you know, that's a whole... Listen that's to, listen to the conversation. Um, expectations episode. Oh, okay. A very bougie mama. And so just, uh, like, navigating um, the areas, like, when it was... After I was an adult, I realized that wow, some gangster. Yeah, it was pretty. It's pretty really, dangerous. Yeah, it's environment. Like the area where I think I can't remember like different sets of the Crips. They came together at the theater on like Imperial. Like, oh, Nickerson Gardens or, was. That's east. east it was that. like that's scary. Like so, of the eighties mm-hmm. and the nineties, like when we grew up. Mm-hmm. If I said something about Nickerson Gardens, that's scary. Mm-hmm. Like I'm from La, I'm from West Covina, La Puente. It's mm-hmm. so. Far from Valley me. and suburban. Mm-hmm. In '92, where were you guys when those and riots no. took place? So the oh, riots mm. started on Florence and Normandy. You <laughs> said smelling smoke. See, right? And you mm-hmm. guys grew up on Western, mm-hmm. which is one Western. block east. 
of Florence and Normandy? Um, we no, were. It's, it's less it's than a mile. mile. It's less than a mile. It's about, um, yeah, less than a mile. Oh, less, less than a mile, but we're like southwest of that. Florence yeah. and Normandy, we're going to use that again. I grew up on Florence and Crenshaw, which was probably a mile east Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. so it, it's totally different. Yeah, because mm-hmm. you guys experienced that, right? I watched that on the news. Mm-hmm. Right. No, and we just were like, "Oh, we can't go to LA. We can't get on the one ten. Can't get on the ten. Can't get on the one ten. We're not going that way." And then that was just the end of it. Mm-hmm. My neighborhood was more um, a black kid being found beat down, right? Because he had got jumped by some S from Mes- some Mexicans mm-hmm. or stomped out. I grew up where it was like, oh, if you got into a fight with a Mexican girl, you're going to fight her for the rest of your fucking life. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it was like, when you fight her, do you fight her? Or do you just let her beat you so that I don't have to fight this girl? Every week. Every every month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess it was the same type of foolishness. It was but foolishness. But I was all up in it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> y'all was, See, y'all we, was like, we weren't in it. We weren't in it. Well, because you're, you're saying you're going to get beat up. We had, it was a whole different level of violence. Yeah, you're talking about getting murdered. Yeah. Not like yeah. you guys getting murdered, but. Like, and that kind of people. Yeah, if you decide to jump into that shit, just, just know that you are yeah. changing you your life ex- expectations. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, and ours, were, yeah. ours was just race. Right. It was legitimate just race. Mm-hmm. You're going to get into fights because you're the black kid in this Mexican neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Oh. Wow. You're going to get into fights. Y'all so in like, stark oh. contrast, mm-hmm. in stark contrast to how we're raising our children, mm-hmm. right? Like I don't, I don't even know that my kids have ever been in a actual physical fight uh-huh. at school, like or even seen one at school. Anyone like ever just tease them or push up on them just because, like in a in a violent sort of way, not just yeah. using words, but in a violent yes, way. Yes, see, look at that, the Mexican girls. <laughs> Was fight were trying to bully my oldest daughter, and she has always been like tall, and one of the little girls, the smaller Mexican, more petite girls, in second or third grade, just kept kept poking at her, and finally she punched her in the face. My daughter punched her in the face. Mm-hmm. That's what's up. Yeah, that's, that's you, exactly. And so, <laughs> right, like so when so, and then they went and told the noon aid, which still tells you that our school is a little bit ghetto, but the noon aide was like, well, you should have left her alone. (laughs) (laughs) And walked away, right? (laughs) So there is, so I guess that's not true, that they they have been in altercations. (laughs) But the oldest one, not the other two. And that was kind of an extreme situation because... It took a lot for her to get to that point. Exactly. My son won't hit nobody. Even if they come for him? Even if they fucking come for him. And I'd be trying to tell him, you better punch that nigga back. Like, you gotta, you need to hit him back. And he and he'll say something like, I can't beat him up though. Like, cause this particular kid, <laughs> you know, this particular kid was bigger than him. He was like, I mean, I don't even know if he was bigger. Cause now that I'm thinking about it, I think his presence was bigger uh-huh. because mm-hmm. he was so hood oh, as yeah. a little kid. No, uh, the little light skin hood one that used to punch him in the balls. <gasps> Okay, wait. That little boy better stop. No, he's not gonna. Why not? Because he is actually pretty violent. He is pretty. Your kid was just being logical. And so that's the part. Like, I think my son was being smart. Mm -hmm. He was like, I can't beat him up. Mm -hmm. He's gonna keep coming for me. 
if I try to do something. Mm-hmm. So, no, I'm not going to hit him back. But I'm going to just go tell. But that's the opposite of a ghetto kid, right? Because, like, if we grow up in a ghetto and you keep getting bullied, then you go get your cousin, your uncle, mm-hmm. your 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 friend down the street. Like, you go get your gang to come and beat up his gang. That's mm-hmm. kind of what it would be. But these, our kids are like, no, I'm just going to go tell because violence doesn't. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I, I blame it. I blame it I mean, all. You see something, say something. <laughs> you see? That's what I'm saying. Wait, so no, let's talk about this bougie shit. My son is now going to a charter middle school. Mm-hmm. And so all the fucking charter school kids have cell phones. Mm -hmm. And so on the first week of school, it's like, okay, everybody get your phones out. We're all going to download an app. So they downloaded an app, and it was a bully reporting app. So if you're seeing something, you say something. So it's an app that says, (laughs) it's a snitching app. It's a snitching app. It's a snitching app. And so I tell him, I said, I said, wait. So all the kids have this? He was like, yeah. And if something happens and you feel like something's happening, you can just, you know, you can just tell and you know, nobody knows. And I was like, so they want y'all to just snitch on each other? And he was like, mm-hmm. I bet they don't get stitches, though. They <laughs> <laughs> don't get stitches. <laughs> I mean, so I told him, I mean, that's, that's cool, but that's totally different. Than, yeah. than my our, our childhood and, uh, and the mentality like you no first of all you see something you turn the fuck around and walk <laughs> away you get away before somebody that gonna ask you questions come around <laughs> okay look you see something no I didn't <laughs> I wasn't even here see what <laughs> see what you start looking, my eyes don't even work like that <laughs> I was all the way over there okay <laughs> Oh, so what about dealing with, okay, I just remember some of the situations we had, the drunk people on the street, crackheads, I use crackheads loosely, anybody who was, Drug addicts, you know, basically, yeah, all heads. of them. Mm-hmm. And I remember this Vietnam, I think he was a Vietnam vet, he had lost his legs, he was in a wheelchair, he would talk dirty to the young ladies, you know, walking by, um, stuff like that, like on Imperial and Avalon, I remember that's where he was. And um, do they even deal with any of that? Wow, no. Do they even know how to maneuver past? No, you know what? If they saw him, they'd be like, can we give him some money? (laughs) You know what? Let me me tell you. Here, that's so funny. That's so funny. Because one time we were in the car, and my husband's daughter, who's older than my kids, like three or four years older, and we driving, not walking. It's not the same. So, like, it's not the same. We always walking past stuff. Anyway, walking past nothing. We driving. <laughs> but so we're driving, and my husband made sort of like a joke. He was like, oh, whoop, whoop, da, da, da. And she's like, are you making fun of someone less fortunate? <laughs> and I was like, the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> no, That's a smoker. I, 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 I'm making fun of the cracker. I'm making fun of the per- someone who made a worse decision. That's what I'm making fun of. <laughs> no, but you know what? It really set me straight because I was like, and that's why my kids are so fucking bougie. Because she was older than my kids. So when I seen that, I was like, you know, that is the right way to think about it. Because I don't know what got them into that circumstance. Mm-hmm. So they are someone that's just misfortunate. And that is what I really want my kids to, to know and understand. They should still protect themselves around anyone that looks mm-hmm. a little dangerous. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, I don't know why that person is like that. So they should have compassion. So, but they're still bougie. But they have the compassion for it. 
people, but they've not experienced anything like that. My kids don't walk. <laughs> okay, look, you should have seen her facial expression. My kids, I, I can't even describe it. <laughs> what? What, what are you that? talking about? Uh-huh. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh my gosh, wow. I think we talked about it on our podcast because we traveled recently. We see this is some bougie shit. We went to Europe on a European summer vacation. Oh, nice! Mm-hmm. With my all black ass family in Europe, and see, nothing wrong with that. No, <laughs> absolutely nothing wrong. It should be a trend and the norm. Amen. Um, so I, I wish that on to everybody listening yeah. that you travel with your family and just be black as fuck in every place that you go. But so we're walking, okay? <laughs> right. Okay. So when we're walking. And I realized, oh, my kids don't know that it's real when we say, stay on the fucking sidewalk. <laughs> you can't They race. think it's a suggestion. They think it's a suggestion. So they're walking and they're like skipping, arms are flailing. They're like, we're on vacation. And I'm like, get out of the road. Go. <laughs> Stay to one side. Stay to one side. Stay together. So yeah, we need to work on walking. That was one of the things we talked about. We haven't done it. Like we've walked to the mailbox a couple of times and that's like three houses over. <laughs> so, like, so my my kids don't walk either. <laughs> See? Um, yeah, no. We, we don't. Yeah, no. They don't do that. Like, you know, the school, literally, their school that they were going to is less than a mile away. Okay. It's like three quarters of a mile. And it's on, a, they can walk a major street and get there. Mm-hmm. So, like, by third grade, theoretically, they could be walking to and from school. Mm-hmm. Opening the door, getting in the house. Mm-mm. <laughs> Beyond me, as a mom, not letting them do it. My husband wouldn't let them do it. I, yo, let's be honest. I think a lot of my strictness and the, the protectiveness that ended up happening mm-hmm. came from being married to an African man. Okay. Because his makeup is totally different from ours. Mm-hmm. Like, so there was no neighborhood and ghetto people or any of that stuff you know it was totally different so he had this like you know americans are crazy so keep your Mm -hmm. kids in the house (laughs) they will rip you right he has a stereotype about american black Black americans right yeah okay and and just america in general like just america in general it's just not as like all all the the tv shows all the crime and violence society yeah yeah yeah, well, it was, wasn't kind of was, that was pretty realistic. <laughs> right. was pretty accurate. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm sure yeah, we all know somebody who was minding their business and got shot. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's that LLC. I'm even separated from y'all. Oh yeah. I knew Mexicans See, that got shot like that. Mm-hmm. You're barely, barely bougie. You. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you call me Whitley Gilbert. <laughs> Compared to us, okay. <laughs> Not even us, because you guys, um, Liz and, and Leah, you guys had a father in the home. Mm-hmm. Oh, so that's we, totally different from us. Yeah, so we didn't have a father in the home, which is a whole other reason why our kids are bougier than we are, mm-hmm. right? Because they're coming in and, like, I told my husband when I got pregnant, I was like, I have no idea how to 
raise a child in a partnership. I know how to do a benevolent dictatorship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Can hence, I mean, can hence our said current that's situation. What right? <laughs> right. Yeah, Miss Constantine. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly. So it wasn't. It, they their experiences are all. No. Oh, so what? So when the question. <laughs> So I'm very yeah. clear that you are the me of your of your podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That ain't happening. She was like, huh. nah. <laughs> she got on lipstick, but you know she got fists too, and they work. No, so I uh, I just came back from New York, and while we were there, we were we spent some time in Harlem. So we came out of the um, I think we were like in the Red Rooster or whatever, and uh, we came outside, and then there were just like. One of the security guards was like, oh, they're back again, telling one of his homies that was in the um, in the restaurant. And so just because of my background, I'm scanning. Like, like who, who, who's, who's back? Who, yeah. yeah. Who's back? Right. So it's a group of guys over there, and it's a group of guys, like, in front of the restaurant. And then somebody, some guy's like, this is mine. And they're scuffling, trying to pick up some paper bags. And then all of a sudden, these guys come running, and all you heard was, fist to head, somebody oh, uh, hit the ground, so you heard the, the crack. head, yeah, hitting, so after a while, I'm watching, but after a while, I'm like, uh, let me get up inside, because I don't know if somebody's <laughs> going to pull something out, right, and, right, you know, right. spray the area or whatever, so, like, it took a split second, I was nosy for a split second, but then, that whole... But South that's Central the whole LA. thing, and that's the stuff that I'm afraid of with these bougie-ass kids that I'm raising. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because... Like, they know when something is about to pop off. Mm-hmm. No, they're... they're um, I don't want to say common sense, because mm-hmm. that's not what it is. But the common hood sense that you just yeah, right, kind right. of learn. It's like a... Your street a, sense. Your street sense, and mm-hmm. your poverty survival mode type thing. They don't have that. No. No, because my kids would have stood there and been like, ooh, what happened? And walk closer. Got their phones, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like... No, you take a minute, you see what's going on. Mm-hmm. Okay, because you could look at it right and see. Okay, it's just two bums fighting. Ain't nothing gonna happen. Mm-hmm. And walk right on past. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. But when it's this was dudes that possibly yeah they exactly pull something out, so exactly. Like, and mm-hmm. even to know which guys are gonna pull something right. out and which guys are just gonna be fighting with their right. Fists, that's that's kind, a skill. Yeah. yeah, that's a skill that you have. You. That's I don't have that one. That's a, that's a next level hood. Yes, it is. Like reading people and just knowing when to, like, knowing when to be nosy. Yeah. And knowing when to kind of fade yeah. back into the bush. But yeah, that's a next level. Wow, you guys were in the heart of LA, LA during all of that stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean. I, I know. I just had <laughs> compassion in my heart at that moment when I really thought about how scared I was of LA mm-hmm. from like 92 well, no, I mean, I guess it stopped. So maybe like 90, 93, mm-hmm. I was afraid of L.A. But then I started coming to Crenshaw. That's because you At got like 14. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's because, that's because you, you, you started getting um, blinded by the, the ghetto fabulousness of it. No, no, I started getting niggas hollering at me. Yeah, that were blinded the, by the ghetto fabulous. It wasn't it. about the ghetto fabulous of nothing. It was being in an area that black dudes mm-hmm. could see me and respect oh, the booty okay. and have an, have an, oh, have an admiration right, for the right, booty. Right. Like, that's all. For the whole thing. <laughs> like, being in La Puente, the Mexican boys was not, not I, I, I were, wasn't cute. Yeah, they were. Okay. I wasn't yeah. cute. I come to L.A. with my friend. At a, she was hood too. She was from Carson, 
And so that's not even hood. I mean, but we that was where I did that to her. Okay, we'll see. Oh, whatever. <laughs> but so whatever. So we would come to her daddy's house and like be with her cousins and stuff, and they were from like Carson and Compton, and that's when I was like, oh, this is where black folks are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't a ghetto fabulous. It was just my longing for always being around black people. I want to be around black folks. I don't care what the demographics are. I mean, not demographics, like the money. I don't care if everybody's broke or poor. The social economics. I don't care. All levels of black folks. I want us all to be together. Okay. Low-key isolated. Like, I'm not, you know, just us. So I was like, oh, the black people are in L.A. I want to go to L.A. Mm-hmm. But not like during the times when y'all was there. Like, not like Nickerson Gardens. Not like the jungles. Mm-hmm. Not like I'm afraid to go to that park. Not like none people of that. All up and off. Okay. <laughs> like the jungle, and people in the jungle. Yeah, we have a jungle. Okay, all no, of the well, jungle's yeah. not bad. Right. I know now. I know now. But I'm thinking about the nineties. Yeah. Well, and we were eighties. Was it eighties? Yeah. It was 80s and late eighties. Late eighties, like early nineties. Yeah, early nineties. Yeah. So when I say ghetto fabulous, I'm saying like that encompasses the the fact that black men are excited to see you and that that encompasses like the the um the fun parts all as well of being a, the fabulous of the ghetto because the ghetto is not all shooting and violence right. and, mm-hmm. and all the rest right. of that. it's also the like hey you know mm-hmm. and the music and the, cookouts, and the cookouts yeah. and all the rest the camaraderie. of the camaraderie because that's when so that was my thing is that that's when i would come out to la mm-hmm. right. and that's what's missing with my kids because everybody with any kind of money or sense left L.A., mm, yeah. and they moved out, right? And so now I have my children. We don't have a L.A. house to go back to for the neighborhood cookout. Like, we used to go to my grandma's house when she was on the 102nd, and I knew all those niggas. Mm-hmm. And they were all my friends, and it wasn't a big deal. Rather, I mean, and, and I guess I do, because as time passed, some of them did get murdered. Mm-hmm. And we'd come back over for the next couple of years, and I'm like, oh, he's not... They're like, no, you know, he's gone. Mm-hmm. Or he no. joined Grape Street, so now... He can't come he can't over, come over mm-hmm. Yeah, like all of these different things. But my kids don't get that. No. There's no, you know, they get African stuff, though. Mm-hmm. We have African family that we go to, so they get a whole different experience from this. But that's still mm-hmm. bougie as fuck, too, because, <laughs> I mean, like, let's be honest. Like, his African family, and compare it to his American family, what did he say? Stark contrast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, engineers, nurses, doctors. Uh. Uh, lawyers, oncologists, uh-huh. crackheads, um, <laughs> truck drivers, alcoholics. Okay. This is my side. Uh-huh. You know, like, you uh-huh. know, just hustling to surviving, maybe a couple of teachers, you know, some service workers. Mm-hmm. So it's already a big difference there. So I think uh-huh. my family is the hood side. Maybe. Oh, really? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still bougie. <laughs> yeah, you can you claim it. I'm fine. <laughs> so when you came out here to L.A., I'd have to ask this. Did you ever have a Fox Hills Mall experience? You have dudes hollering at you there. At the Fox Hills Mall? Yes, because that was the place to be. No, we were always in the Delamo Mall. Oh, okay. Oh, see, yeah, okay. that's not the same thing, though. No, the Fox Hills Mall is where they shot Jackie Brown, right? I don't even know. I don't know. See, I just remember LL Cool J was at the I trip store, that. and yeah. that place was. Pissed. No, I remember the Fox Hills Mall, but I don't think I was allowed to go. Okay. okay. Oh yeah, we went there on the bus by ourselves all the time. No, all see, could you imagine yeah, bus passes? See, and I, I, had well bus, used. I had well a bus. I had a bus pass too. Could you imagine these kids with bus passes? No, I don't even. know. 
They, would they use them? They still. They, I, if <laughs> we don't walk, but they don't walk, right? And, but if we gave, I feel like sometimes if I just kind of got off my stuck upness mm-hmm. and was like, "Listen, you gonna have to figure it out. I'm not picking you up. This is a card. This can get you on the bus. There's three buses. Your phone can tell you what bus to take. You gonna have to just do it." Because that's how my mom would have done me. If she had to fucking work, it was just like, I got to work. But listen, I'm going to tell you again, like I told you earlier. You can't just drop them off the side of the boat. <laughs> you, you, have got to, you have got to give it to them in baby steps. So what would those steps look So say if you decided to do that, what would those steps look like? Well, I don't plan, so let's see what Liliana says. <laughs> <laughs> no she going to drop them off the side of the no fucking... They the, will not walk. It, it looks or they, like, they, they either will not walk, or nigga, you got a bus pass that started Monday, you got to take the bus home. And it's going to look like, exactly like that. Oh, my That's God. Exactly <laughs> like <that>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Me, personally, because I thought, I thought about this, of course, um, when we were applying to a school that was out of the way of either... Um, my husband's job or my job and so it would have been we would start the summer and you and I are going to take the bus right and I'll show you where to get off Mm -hmm. and we'll do that for a week or two and only for the summer program that ends at noon and then we'll go both ways with you and then we'll go I'll go with you going and you come home by yourself and then you go by yourself and come home by yourself for the like Thursday, Friday kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Of course, I had a plan. What the fuck? Why would you just <laughs> drop them off? Well, right? Like so, that would have been that would be my plan. And like my husband drives. You uh, was riding the bus for a while. He was commuting on the bus, and he was talking about this single mom who had a son. He was young, like kindergarten or something, and they would get on the bus together. And you know, it was this. They would sit up by the bus driver like he's supposed to. Mm-hmm. And so he recently got back on the, started riding the bus again. And he says, that boy is riding the bus by himself now. And he's like in sixth grade. Oh, wow. But of course, because if you know how to ride the bus from kindergarten, by the time you get to sixth grade, you know exactly how to ride the bus. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not, it's not a foreign thing. Right. You completely understand it. So, I mean. My kids will probably never ride the bus, but it's just big fucking real. Like, mm-hmm. I'll figure out. I, knowing my bougie ass, I'd call an Uber to pick him up. Mm-hmm. Hop, skip, drive. That's the better one. That's oh, the one for the kids. kids. Yeah, that's specifically that's, you know, for kids. No, see, my Uber drivers. They no, like I would call the homie, the, the, the Uber driver. That's the homie. <laughs> oh, okay. That worked. Yeah. Like so many of the homies. Go to the area. <laughs> Get on your ass so right now. You. Yeah, we're calling you. No, no, no. I, but that's my because I I was that kid. I rode the bus since forever. I thought about the other day like things that my kids will probably never experience with me. They'll never have to push a car. Mm-hmm. Like, see, mm-hmm. I, so our poverty experiences were different in such different ways. Like, so I was in the La Puente, the suburbs, right. but we were we were poor. We were not well off. But so we would always have cars that my mom would get from random places, whether a smoker at the auction or somebody would go to the auction. There was more than one time that we would have to push the car off the freeway where I'd be in the in the driver's seat at 10, 11, 12, mm-hmm. and my mom is pushing the car well, to get us. Check a little bit. When you say smoker, you mean like crackhead smoker? Oh, Drug- yeah. Okay. Okay, just making sure. Yeah. That, I'm okay. sorry. I always mean smoker. That's what I mean by smoker. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. That's the only thing I think of. Yeah. When I think of smoker, just a, a crackhead. Okay. It's a lot of smokers in my family. But so we got drunks. You got. We have both. <laughs> and, 
Amen. <laughs> but you know, not to to sidetrack the uh, conversation, but just so that if it's your podcast, a little bit of me in it. I've been doing some like ancestral work and realizing that you can have ancest that ancestral trauma of addiction mm-hmm. is so. So strong, and it is so real. real. And if you can take any time to heal your ancestral trauma, Mm -hmm. it's like it's almost deeper than trying to heal childhood trauma. Because Mm -hmm. if your ancestors, your ancestors' traumas are healed, and it's easier to heal their traumas, you know. And now they're guiding you; they're guiding you with not as much trauma and bullshit around them. They're able to just focus. So that's just wanted to say that. (laughs) (laughs) Liliana be like, oh my god! You and your ancestors. Your ancestors will lead and lead you. They'll be there too. They'll be there too. You will be in prayer all together. Let's talk about some of the differences in activities that your. Your children. Number one, your kids got to go to Europe. Family vacation. Okay, so that's one. So what that's bougie. That's bougie. Yeah. But Liliana got that's the bougie. bougie. Chi- Liliana got the bougie kids. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about Let's be real. Kids. Wait, wait a minute. What instruments do your kids play, Liliana? Well, that... Just as a, as a clear question. <laughs> Cello. Cello, uh-huh. clarinet, and viola. Yes. <laughs> if that ain't some bougie shit, tell me that's some bougie shit. Okay, so this is the thing. You might have started <laughs> off a little higher, bougie, but I'm taking it to the next level. Absolutely, you are. Yes, it comes to music. I see nothing wrong. Like, it's right. not bougie to me. It's like you're like, what is it? Yeah, this? Is, yeah. It's an essential. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is uh-huh. it an essential? No, it is. <laughs> it's like, did we we did we had like piano lessons? Yeah, piano. Bit, but I never stuck with it. But we mainly stuck with like choir. Yeah, yeah. Well, see, and that's the thing too that I'm um just acknowledging in this conversation a lot. You guys grew up in the hood, but that was not what you were. Right. If that makes sense. You're not of the hood. Whereas I wasn't in the hood, but everything about our life was hood style. I didn't take no class. There was no ballet. There was no gymnastics. There was no piano lesson. I did what the school freaking offered. So the school offered choir in the sixth grade. I joined the choir, and I was able to do everything that the school did with the choir. My first trip to Disneyland, my first trip to Knoxbury Farm, all of that shit was with the choir. My first time out of California with school. All of those things are with school. So my kids, when I say they're having a totally different experience, this is, like, magical to me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, wait. You were in gymnastics for freaking six, eight, nine weeks, nine months. Like, we kept paying that. It was a part of our routine right, to right. take you there. That never happened for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, it's like these are things that the activities that your kids are in. You needed. You need resources. Yeah. And you need funds, uniforms, all sorts of things, equipment. Period. Time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You need yeah. Time. You need time. My mother. We were. She worked from seven thirty to four thirty. We got to school. No, she worked from eight to four thirty. We got to school at 7.45. No matter what time the school fucking started, we were there at 7.45. So. Because she had to be to work. Because she had to be to work. <laughs> and we were there until 4.45 because she had to be to work. Mm-hmm. And we, that, so if you just, just plain math, there was no time for anything else besides church. Which <laughs> was <laughs> all, the time, all the time in the world. <laughs> 
So between work and church, that was it. That's pretty much what we did. So the fact that my kids are getting private cello lessons, mm. private viola lessons, private clarinet lessons, that they are in the Pasadena Youth Orchestra, that they are um, in swim, that they are in gymnastics, that they got to try capoeira, that they got to try um, tennis lessons, that they got to try all of these things is just completely outside of the norm of what I was, how I was raised, which is part of why I'm concerned about them. Do you, does it blow your mind, though, that you're able to even do it or that your kids are even experiencing that? Does it blow my mind? No. Okay. It blows my mind. <laughs> Constantly. Every, like, when my son got in, this is not even a poverty thing or not, or a bougie thing, but my son got into gate. I was like. Of the gifted and talented mm-hmm. educator. I was like, you mean, I was like, my son's in gate? I was like, yo, he's in gate. Like, that, <laughs> that was a lot to me because I struggled through every grade. I made it through school with personality and jokes and just being there. Right. And so for him to do, get that, I was like, wow. Um, yeah, the European trip, mm-hmm. the whole, I, I cried constantly wow. on that trip wow. because I did that from my mother being on and off crack. And I got my kids to fucking Europe. You low-key can't tell me much. So, like, no, you can't tell me much. Not even low-key. You can't tell me much because I'm so proud of myself. Right. So even if this nigga never takes a piano class or none of that shit, your life is, like, amazing. Mm -hmm. Because both of your parents are sober. Mm -hmm. And they're... Yeah. (laughs) Like, that could be the Mm -hmm. hard stop. Like, they're both sober and there, and want to give you experiences. Right. So we may not have gotten to the different lessons and things like that, because I just leveled up last right. year. It was a big old level up thing. I was like <laughs> the Sierra. But, <laughs> and so, I, you know, I wasn't able to, we, they don't have all these big experiences as far as, like, classes and stuff, but I'm just blown away that I could even think about it. Like, I want to get them a private tutor to come to the house and help them with reading. And I was like, wow. And I'm looking at it, And I was like, I can afford this. Right. Wow. I can afford this. And there was a, I remember when I needed help and that just seemed so far fetched. My mom didn't even look because she was like, you know, I don't know. I can't pay nobody because I'm getting help on my rent. We were, we were the kind of family that got, we were on section eight. So our rent was really low in the suburbs. Um, we would go to churches sometimes to get assistance with power bills and electric bills. And since my brother is so much older than me, it would just be me and my mom. So we would go to churches and get food boxes and, um, like free food to help you for the week. So knowing that that was my experience and that my kids say shit like, I don't want rice and chicken. Can we have Panda. I'm like, oh. Yeah, my kids, my kids did that to me. Like, one time they was like, um, can we go to Saladang's? Which is a really fancy Thai restaurant here in Pasadena. They're I was about to say, thank you for explaining. Cause right, because <laughs> they're, they're like, uh, yeah, let's go to Saladang's. And I'm like, these bitches talk about Saladang's. I used to be like, we used to be like, me and my brother and my sister be like, we send the baby. We go ask if we could go to McDonald's. Because <laughs> because it's the sixteenth and she got paid yesterday. So go <laughs> ask if we can go to McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so funny. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> we would send the baby. So yeah, in ter- when you put it like that, no, I'm still not surprised that I. <laughs> She was like, I've been knew this. You know what? Maybe it's because you went to Howard. That's probably why. No. But you've always had a plan, though. No, I was going to say. Has she always had a plan? I have always had. My plan, I think it was probably the first time, like, I know when it was. So this is my turn to cry, but I ain't going to cry because I'm that kind of bitch. Who said I cried? I didn't sound like I cried. You don't be crying. (laughs) So... One Christmas, I wanted a Betsy Wetsy doll. And I circled it in the Kmart circular, and I showed it to my mother, and she was like, all right, well, you know, and I showed it, like, in November, because I know when the paydays are, right? And I was like, <laughs> and I was probably in third or fourth grade, and that was the doll I wanted. That's all I wanted. And so Christmas morning came, and I opened it up, and it was the, the Betsy Wetsy doll. Wow. But my mother said, mm-mm, don't open that. I can't, you, we got to take it back. So it sat on the fucking couch in the container all like that, like, because she had to take it back, right? But who knows what happened? Power bill came in, you know, I don't know. And then my uncle came, who has a PhD and, you know, is educated and, and had a really good job, came, and he was like, why is this doll still here like this? And she was like, because I got to take it back. He was like, let the child open the damn, you know, he gave her the money or whatever. First of all, my mother was too proud to ask, because she could have probably asked my uncle for the money to start with. But, you know, that my uncle was gracious enough to give her the money and able to give her the money. At that point in my life, I was like, I am not going to live like this. Mm. Period. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, like, this is not going to be me. Wow, you said that was third grade? Third or fourth, third grade. fourth grade, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, mm Yo, and so I think, so as much as I'm trying to not be, um... Because you can't help it, right? If you grew up... No, you can help it. I don't want to say you can't help it. I'm working on helping it. If you grow up poor and you grow up impoverished, it's a, your thought process it's a is different. You yeah. have to fix yes. your fucking thought process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And raising children, unconsciously, you put your poverty mindset on them. And you trying to mm-hmm. you trying to level up. Right. Just thinking about my baby, she's mm-hmm. telling me how much things cost... And that's expensive. And I'm like, what do you know what expensive yeah. is? You're seven. Right. You shouldn't even. <laughs> but in the seven years that she's been here, she's heard me say, this is expensive. I'm not getting that. Why are we going to do this? She said to me the other day, she was like, well, you usually buy the cheapest one. And I was like, I, I, I buy the, Are you saying I'm cheap? You, <laughs> yeah. saying I, you saying I buy cheap shit? That's what you're saying. That's what you're saying. And then she switched. She was like, no, I'm not like saying you're cheap. I'm just saying that you like to save for other stuff. And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that's how we went that's to Europe. That, that's that's, that's, your, that's yeah. your bougie baby trying yeah. to re- rephrase. Rephrase what the fuck she was saying. Because <laughs> <laughs> her mama buy, her, like, you know how people go and buy liquor and they be like, there's the top shelf and then there's the bottom shelf? Yeah. <laughs> I did the bottom shelf. I'm like, it's all the same, it's all the same. <laughs> That's what you tell yourself, no, it's good. It's not. I'm finding out now that I've leveled up because what I did is I doubled my income in 12 months, 11, 12, 13 months. So it's all still really new, Mm -hmm. right? So I'm used to getting what I can afford, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which would be like the basics. Now I'm like, if I got a tablet now, would I want it to have more space? 
I guess so. Right. Would I want it to have a forward-facing camera or a better camera? I guess so. Right. But I want to figure out how to break my kids from even having my little bit of, the little bit that I'm passing down to them because I'm trying to change my whole mindset. And it all takes time, but mm-hmm. I don't want to make myself better. And then I have two little humans that, that are still poverty. Yeah. Poverty mindset. At least you recognize it. I'm sorry. One of the things that I recognize is that um, the same kind of cheap, like going shopping, I've, I don't know where I read it somewhere because, you know, I've been doing research and planning for a while now. <laughs> <laughs> years upon years. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> instead of saying, like, no, we can't afford it, no, it's not in the budget. Right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I've heard them say that. Like, is this in the budget, Mommy? Which is a, which is exactly opposite of a poverty mindset, right? right. Because it's, we're, we're going to, we have the finite amount of money mm-hmm. and we have decided how we're going to spend it. Yes. And that's this what, is what we spend on groceries. This is what we spend on clothing. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Which, I mean, again, I probably still tell them, no, that's too fucking expensive. Well, I don't cuss at my kids, but that's too expensive. <laughs> All the cussing you do, you're able to not cuss in front of your children. I didn't say in front of my children. I said at my kids. Oh. <laughs> There's a difference. So if you say, this is too fucking expensive, is I'm that cussing? I'm talking to an adult. So if you said that to a kid, that's cussing at them? Or yeah. That is? Yeah. Like if you, you're speaking directly yeah, to them. Yeah, if I'm speaking directly to them, I don't cuss. Hmm. But, okay. but if I were there and, and he, we're we're talking, then she would say it to me. Uh, I get it. Yeah. My current bullshit is that I'll be like, what the f- <laughs> and that's, that's how I say it. Because I'll come in and I'll see, I'm like, what the fuck? You guys. <laughs> I told you I censored it, but I'll be mad. <laughs> All right, Liz. How are we doing on? Um, let's see. It's a wrap. Oh, the phone is done, yo. So what can people expect from Barely Bougie Mamas? So you can probably expect something similar to what you just heard here, where we discuss how we started and how we plan to change. Because I think part of the Barely Bougie Mama mindset is, or not even mindset, but is to change our poverty mindset for our children, right? And we do a little bit of kiki in. We try it. Yeah. It's a lot of, um, I've been trying to figure it out myself because it was one of those things where I just know I like to talk. I have good stories. Not like I have, that's fucking, that's so stuck up. (laughs) (laughs) You know what you know about yourself. But I mean, about myself, I tell good stories. I enjoy talking and I enjoy telling the stories and I like the sound of my voice. So, when Liliana asked me, I was like, okay. And I was like, but do I want to focus on me being a mother? Because I was in that place. Am I, am I always a mom? Is What about me? What about Tamara? As oh a person. God. Oh, my God. I do this and I do that. So, it feels like the podcast <laughs> is us kind of talking about our kids, our children. I hate to say kids. Us talking about our children. And... Like, how we came to whatever situation that we're in, you know? And when Lillian... Lillian, you have to listen to the first episode. Is that the first one, The Expectations? No. That's the second one. The second one, Expectations, I think, is a very telltale of the two people that you're going to be listening to. And coming into our podcast is just because you want to hear the stark contrast. Yeah. I think that's what it is. Yeah. It's the stark contrast between Liliana and I and the fact that we both still represent black women. Mm-hmm. 
You know, we both still represent the the the, the non stereotype. We both represent married black women that are married to black men. We have our children by one man. We've lived in the house with this man and our children only. I've, neither of us have been divorced or separated. And as far as I know, neither of us have been physically abused or yeah, nothing know, like that. Right? You know, I ain't had no issues. I mean, like y'all so, ain't had to bail each other out. We ain't had you know to that, bail that, each that other out. There's no alcoholism. <laughs> mm-hmm, There's right. no drug addiction. Mm-hmm. I mean, so like... It's just regular people. And black women yeah. don't get a fucking chance to be regular. Right. Can you say that again yeah. for the black back? women do not yeah. get the opportunity to be regular in this country, yeah. or maybe it's, in the even, I don't know, but in this country for sure. Even like the black girl magic, why we gotta be fucking magical? Why can't we just be black girls? Well, I mean, I mean, we can go further on this because that black girl magic stuff. Since you thought about it, it also goes back to the super. Um, what did uh, Clinton say about the black man? Oh, that the he was super a, predator. The super predator. Because, you know, niggas is just so strong. Right. They're right. so big. Right. I mean, and that's the thing. It's it's like a it's like a, a big, what is that contrast? What's the word I'm looking for, Liliana? Like a, the whole thing of us having to be magic. Because mm-hmm. they feel that black girls are so, you know, they hate themselves so much. And no, I don't hate me. Motherfucker, you hate me. Right. You hate mm. my beautiful brown skin. You hate my thick thighs and my booty. You hate it. And you hate my skinny self and my flat ass. Too. I don't know those. I can only speak for self. Right. I can speak for self. Right. Right. This, this, this side is, of the table. <laughs> is not that. Like, look, just now, things I like. Right. Yeah, yeah. Just now. But see, I mean, I guess that's a whole other podcast. Right. Like right. to talk about that. But that's the thing right. is that for for black girls, so number one, once you get a certain age, you don't get accepted. I'm not allowed to be a girl anymore. I'm not to right. be allowed to be a black girl. Yeah. I'm a black mother. I'm a black wife. I'm a black professional. Right. But, I'm just, but you know, but most of the time, I'm really just a black girl. When I'm in my car and I'm listening to Mary Mary or Meg the Stallion, I'm still a black girl. <laughs> and I think that our podcast gives you a chance to just be like, oh, okay. Black girls are regular. Right. It's the same fucking things that any other person goes through. It's a human experience. It's a human experience. And look at that. Black girls are human. Right. Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. Who would have thunk it? <laughs> <laughs> How did that happen? <laughs> Yeah, I like our podcast. Well. Oh, I didn't record that last little bit. Right. We'll just copy yours. I know, right? <laughs> Always remember, you're the right parent for, for your, your child. child.